When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And I'm not going to spend too long on my introduction this week. On Saturday, Manchester City battered Liverpool 4-1. And it was a thing of beauty. We'll, we'll talk about that. I think we'll look forward to City away at Bottom Club Southampton at St Mary's at 5.30 on Saturday. And that's about it, really. To do that, I've got three blues. Welcome to Tony Newgrosh. Hi, Tony. Hi, Nigel. Welcome to Spencer Debson. Hi, Spencer. Hi, Nigel. And welcome to Steve Cox. Hi, Steve. Uh, hi, yeah. All looking very happy. Listen, let, let's just start with, if there is any, I'm trying to find some negatives just to start with, that first 25 minutes or so. Yeah, we went one down. You could say we weren't quite moving it quick enough. It wasn't quite clicking into place. How, how Steve, how were you feeling after kind of 25 minutes before we scored? I can't remember when we scored our first goal, but uh, just before that first goal went in when they were 1-0 up and it wasn't quite clicking. How, how were you feeling then? I have to say, I feel I must admit before we start, I feel a bit of a failure actually because I predicted three one last week and it was four one. So I kind of feel like I failed everybody on the pod. Um, failed, failed. I, yeah, actually, do you know what? I wasn't that worried at all, Nigel, because whilst it wasn't clicking, their goal was really totally against the run of play, um, and I think City had the majority of the ball and were making most of the headway. You're right; it wasn't quite clicking up front, but I think it just felt like it was only a matter of time. And whilst I was mildly annoyed that they'd scored, I didn't really think we wouldn't turn it round. We, we seemed to have the thing about us. and They didn't seem to have as much energy as they normally do. They weren't quite pressing with the level of sort of aggression that they used to be able to do. So, no, it kind of, I, I just felt it would all click into place at some point or other. And we then scored a beautiful I must admit, team goal, all created by De Bruyne's movement in midfield where he kind of suckered Robertson into approaching him and that freed Mara's up to run down the wing and cross for um, to, to put the ball across to Grealish and then back across to Alvarez. And Alvarez had probably the easiest finish he could have had. Yeah, and at that point, it all out. felt good. 
he missed out Gundal in there, who played his part as well, didn't he? In terms, Gundogan he just did, sort of, yeah. he helped it, helped it on its way, helped it on its way to uh, to Greenwich. Well, Spencer, you, you you were feeling equally optimistic at that point, and, and it, Steve makes some good points. So, yeah, they they obviously are known for their pressing. They, they they won the Premier League recently, I think, didn't they? Based on a black pressing game, I seem to remember vaguely. Um, you you were less worried first shot on target. City had all the play. Absolutely. I, I felt the same. I felt the first goal was, um, I mean, a kanji, it was just sort of muscled off the ball, wasn't he? When a good finish from Salah. I, I honestly wasn't worried and we don't, I'm not saying it because it's sort of retrospective. Um, but I feel, um, you know, from there on, we really took, took the game to them and, uh, the goals, all of these goals, the construction of the goals was, uh, each one was fantastic. Um, we'll come on to talk about the individual players, but, um, that that De Bruyne goal, I think, was with just within 50 seconds of the restart. Apparently, the quickest uh, restart or second half goal uh, in the Prem, I think, this year. Um, but I just thought there was, just, you know, quite a few real standout uh, performances. I mean, Grealish. I think it. I think it was his coming of age game. Actually, um, you know, there are sort of games where you quote sort of fall in love. You know, and uh, in the same way as we sort of fell in love with Edison after that Mane um, incident uh, against Liverpool, I feel that Grealish really put in his best performance in a City shirt, uh, and and the defensive check back there, you know, as well as his all-round uh, play was absolutely fantastic, and uh, um, I'm in love. Well, well, I'm in love with John Stones, but we'll come on to that as well, I think, for, for similar reasons, I'm sure. I think that was just what a performance from him. Uh, but yeah, Tony, just uh, listen, we, let's not talk about these negatives anymore. Let, let's start with some of these goals. We'll, we'll, let's do goals first, then we'll come on to some of these amazing individual performances. But I think the point's already made. The, 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 there were some fantastic team goals, weren't there? This is City clicking at their best, moving the ball quickly, finding that pass. The the clinical finishing, it just precision the precision in the passing, just it had everything, didn't it? Almost all, I think, all four of these goals were just brilliant team goals. It was a performance, and as you say, four goals just of of beauty. You know, there was no, you know, none of them were hurtled into the back of the net. It's just pure, simple football, isn't it? Pass, move. It's the game. We think we can all play. It's the game we should all play. And, uh, you know, I think that's why Pep was so delighted. So, yeah, it was just, you know what, sometimes you have to say what a privilege it is to support this team. We had 40 years of utter pants and now we get to see matches like that. And, you know, look, let's give little Liverpool a little bit of credit. Certainly for the first half, they gave us a game and they made it a contest. Second half was just just a walkover. But no, it was just it was just the game you just want to see over and over again. And I have much to my wife's annoyance, but there you go. <laughs> Steve, we, we, we've talked about that first goal, um, which again, you know, I've, I've just added Gundogan for you. I think he did play his part in that. And, and Grealish, the pass, and you say Alvarez, he still had something to do, didn't he? he had to be there, and um, so I think we've got to give him some credit. I suppose you can add to that one if you like. Or we've talked about the KDB one as well, which that the pass was it from Alvarez? Was it the pass out? It was outright? Alvarez, and he, he does, pass, he, yeah, brilliant. What a he, pass! He does a pass like that every every time he plays. He does that crossfield pass, and it's almost perfect. He's the only player I've seen that we've got that can pass anywhere like De Bruyne, and it, it was perfect. That pass was absolutely perfect. It was between the defender and the goalkeeper in such a way that. 
Allison had no idea whether he could, should, would get there, wouldn't get there. Defender was completely flummoxed by it. Beautiful, beautiful pass. And the presence of mind of Mares to put the ball across for De Bruyne. And De Bruyne just committed himself. He knew that the ball was coming in his direction and he was confident he was going to put it away. And he did. Beautiful goal. And Spencer, the, the Gundogan goal, again, I think that the, the build-up to that city had so much possession. Um, obviously, yeah, the shot, I didn't, I think... I, 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 I think it was, I don't know, a 2030 um, pass movement with Stones really sort of pivotal. Um, I, I had reservations about this uh, inverted fullback role with Stones um, in the midfield, essentially, when we're, when we're attacking. But he was really, really good. I will come on to him, I'm sure, more. Um, and then the final sort of, uh, you know, execution of it. And I loved Alvarez's role in this goal. I know Gundogan actually scored it in the end. But, you know, the best strikers, when they get the ball, you know, many strikers, like in Alvarez's position there, they would have just just smacked it and, you know, maybe hoped for a ricochet or something. But he didn't. He paused. He actually uh, got the shot away. Liverpool uh, defender got a, got a boot in and, and, and Gundogan converted it. But uh, Alvarez, I think, showed throughout that move in the whole game um, a, a little bit of coming of age as well. Um, absolutely fabulous. And also Pep celebrations. I mean, that must have been the, the celebrations of the season. Something about it. I think he was, he was, he was, it was very, very stoked, wasn't he? Well, he was, and I've got that down as a separate point, but we, we can cover it now because he did come in for some criticism. He always turns to his son, doesn't he? We know that. His son sits obviously somewhere at the back of the, the Colin Bell stand and he, he's up high, and, and I think that's who he's almost every goal he turns around and blows kisses and, 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 and has some sort of messaging between the two of them, which is wonderful to see. But it just so happened that there were a couple of Liverpool subs warming up <laughs> as they walked past. And, and being at the ground, I, I, I hadn't seen this at all. I just busy celebrating, and it wasn't until I kind of watched uh, a recording of Match of the Day uh, later that weekend that I suddenly realised this was a thing. I, I'd missed it completely. So I don't know, again, just with being sort of trying to be as impartial as possible, one could argue it was fairly provocative because he was in their faces and then he shook the hands of another one who, who wandered past as well. Tony, he was far too polite about it. Mm -hmm. well, 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 go on then. Um, he, he, let me say then, let me not be too polite then, Tony, um, with your level-headed um, thinking, a bit provocative, not necessary, heat of the moment, uh, not not great, not a great advert, is it? We, we criticise managers in the past, don't we, for getting involved? and there have been a few instances this season already about managers misbehaving and being sent off. Too provocative, I'm saying, Tony. Response, please. Nonsense. No, I think, as I said, Pep's a purist. I think he was just celebrating some magnificent football. And look, let's be fair, we've seen him do it with the opposition as well. Which Southampton player was it he went up to and gave a hug and had a chat to? He just loves football. And I think that's what he was celebrating I see the perception, but I mean, it was interesting to watch the reaction of the Liverpool player. He just smiled and shook his hand, didn't he? He wasn't trying to wind him up. He was just, wasn't that a fantastic goal? Now, I wouldn't like it if I was on the end of it. I bet. I hear you. But I don't think he had any malicious intent whatsoever. And I think let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He did apologise in the press conference afterwards as well. I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt, just for the, just for the case of this this podcast and this recording. Steve, come on, um, give us the opposing view here. Where, where do you sit? Okay. Are you with Tony? Controversially, I would say that uh, what the hell was Shimakas doing in Pep's technical area, and and actually is that not an offence against the laws of the game, and potentially should have been rewarded with a yellow card? I don't know. I mean, uh, no. Look, he, he didn't being, play the ball, so it's all right. He didn't play the ball. You are right. But I, no, I don't think Pep, there was anything in it. I agree with Tony. I think Pep was just 
generally he's an effervescent character. He had just seen a very good team goal and he was just celebrating that. And the fact that Simakas happened to be there at the time, well, you know, tough luck. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It, it, here we go, Spencer. Okay, so we're going to turn it on its head here. So, so let's say, for example, Liverpool score a goal like that. That's a while since they've done that and probably a while since they do it again. But let's assume for a moment they do. We've got our subs warming up that side of the touchline. You know very well why he's walking past Pep's technical area because they have to to go and warm up. That's the, that's, so they keep the way Not through it, though, Nigel. Not through it. They walked through his technical area, not beside it they, they walked in front of it they walked in front they walked in front of it um anyway so so let's hey, let's put the let's put the boot on the other foot and uh, spencer it's klopp who does this to bernardo silva who's walking past with a cup of coffee um and uh, you would be you would be sitting there we looking would at be me up saying, in arms up of course in you arms. Would. i'm sorry you guys. would be you're I'm with sorry, me, aren't I, you, Spencer? You're with me, aren't you, Spencer? I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take your rose-tinted glasses off, Steve and Tony. It's the, very rare that I would take another a different view, but I thought that was... It was the way, the body language and the way he did it, with, you know, the hand came out in sort of self-satisfied fashion. And um, amazingly, Simicast just sort of said, oh, you know, pleased to meet you, you know, sort of manner. Um, and I, I don't know, he was, uh, I think, a, another uh, type of... Um, player might have um pulled away from that and it would have perhaps become a bigger incident than it than, than it actually was but um it certainly wasn't malicious but it was a little bit naughty Ad- adrenaline filled um here's you know one for you sort of thing a bit bit naughty um but because it was pep it's all right and I think you're right. I think the, the Liverpool players are going to take credit for not reacting. I, I can think of a number of players who could well have reacted differently to that. I think they have to take some credit for it. Anyway, let's, let's, let's not spend too much time on this. Spencer, as you as you sided with me, you get to go first on this next one, <laughs> uh, which is the fourth goal, which leads us on to a particular player. So you can let, let's just talk about the goal first uh, and then pick up on that goal scorer. And, and we've got a wow. sort of gut-wrenching uh, uh, sort of defensive intervention to, 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 to wax lyrical about in the first half as well, of course, as well as his contribution and the goal. So just just start with a goal first in terms of... Uh... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we I think, um, as time has gone by this season, have grown grown to uh, enjoy Grealish's play more and more. It's shown in the stats, you know, that his post-World Cup performances have really been a step up from from, from pre. And this this game really... 
I just think was a sort of accumulation of where he's got to with City. Uh, I mean, he always plays with verve, with 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 positivity, with a smile. He's clearly much loved by his teammates. Um, and this 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 goal was, I mean, it was it was it was uh, technically excellent, and it just um, showed his passion and desire to get to the ball first. You know, uh, first of all, to find pick De Bruyne out. He, well, as he said in, afterwards in, in his uh, interview, he knew he was going to get 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 the ball back um, just just right. And he he, it was a it was a it was a, a great execution. Made something look easier than it really was um first to the ball uh and we, you know the same sort of passion and commitment that he he, he did with the defensive thing so i just i just love that goal he deserved it he doesn't score enough and i think um he's a player who really now is approaching full confidence uh and has become what i say you know at first on the team sheet but what one of one of the early 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 ones that's penciled into every game uh, and, and and fully deserved and it's that that confidence, isn't it, Tony? I think that we've all seen that's been the difference. I've I've noticed the fact that he goes, he takes the ball, and he's almost playing for a foul most of the time. He's looking to to get to get a foul, and often does. Of course, we know he's I think probably the most foul footballer on the planet. Um, but in this game, he just seemed to be more determined to actually make something from it and and be really more purposeful and and was driving forward and and trying to take players on rather than trying to trying to get a foul out of them. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It's, look, it's the performance we've been crying out for. We've been saying for £100 million, we want a player who single-handedly wins a game for us. I think that would be a bit disingenuous considering what a tremendous team performance was, but he definitely led from the front, didn't he? Uh, and it was just a joy to watch. I think he was he was a game-changer for us. Um, loved that goal. You know, I love the Scousers singing You'll Never Walk Alone as he strolled unhindered into the Liverpool penalty area and just a great team goal. So now really pleased for him. He's a, he's a good lad. He's a bit, a bit of a rough diamond, isn't he? But he's, he's now truly a city player, I think, and will be one for the future. And Steve, just, just on Grealish, what, what about that first half that, that run from sort of inside the opponent's half, he, he ran 50 yards and he to, to, to sort of absolutely, he, if he hadn't done that, we could have been two nil down quite easily. And that would have changed the complexion completely, totally different game then. I have to say, actually, first, just going back to the goal before I answer your question, Nigel, was that the celebration from De Bruyne after that goal was something I've rarely ever seen. And he was celebrating something that was so technically good and so technically well worked, very much like Pep was when he was in there. Anyway, on for that. Um, I think I think he was, he was, I've never seen De Bruyne jump for joy like that. And I think he was, not only was he pleased for the, the, what, the technical brilliance of the goal, but I think also for Jack Greenish as well. But yes, you're absolutely right, Nigel. I thought when I saw Salah careering towards our penalty area that he was going to struggle to get there. Um, but he really made up some ground. And actually, I think he's quite deceptively fast, I think. Um, I think Grealish doesn't look like someone who moves particularly fast, generally because he's weaving in and out. But actually, in a straight line, he's he's not that far off Carl Walker in, 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 in that situation. He's, and that's the only other player I thought that might possibly have had a chance of catching him were he on the field. Um, but I thought Grealish was very, very committed. He's stopped just stepping inside now. He keeps, you know, he's not cutting back quite as much. He is trying to go around the outside of players. And he's only just removed Alexander-Arnold from his back pocket, I think. Absolutely. He had a terrible day, didn't he, poor lad? Mm. Uh, we'll we'll all be thinking about him later, I'm sure. Um, 
couple of let's pick out a few more players then. Um, we, we, we've we've talked about Grealish. Can, can I just talk about John Stones for a minute, please? This is you know the Barnsley Beckenbauer. I mean, this was a masterclass from a gifted midfield general who just stroked the. But not only was he stroking the ball around and involved in everything, he was breaking up stuff as well. He was absolutely everywhere, and we have the chat amongst the lads who sit together and Stuart and Roger and, and myself and we were talking about Man of the Match and, and, and a couple said Grealish but I, I was a fan of Stones right from the start but they don't give it to they always give it to the, the players who score goals don't they and the, the kind of the those skillful players that catch the eye but John Stones for me absolutely deserved that I thought I thought he was outstanding um, you know tactical masterclass from Pep to get him in this role as Steve described you know kind of pretty much playing in midfield most of the time but nipping back into the back four if he needed to rather than being a full back who moved into midfield is probably the way I would describe it what I saw um but it was just the way he controlled everything, and he just looked so in control, so confident. I thought it was a, a brilliant, brilliant performance. I've left nothing for you to say because I loved who who lo- who was it who loved Jack Grealish earlier on. I can't even remember now who was who was in love with Greg. It was Spencer, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and Steve, you're all in love with Joe. I'm in love with John Stones this week. Come on, well, he build a, on that. He, he, build he, on he, that. He's better Spencer. looking than Grealish. I'll give you that. Though. Yeah. Bit taller, you go for the taller man, do you as well? Do you spend like, more your yeah. type? If I, if I was that way yeah. inclined, which I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> just just to make it clear, it's okay, it's okay, Spencer, it's all right, it's not a problem. <laughs> so, tell us about your love for John Stones, then build on what I've said. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, everything you've said, I totally agree with. I mean, I think, um, he's he's played a fair bit in midfield in this inverted role, hasn't he, this season? I remember being bit sort of disconcerted the first time he even played at right back because I you know you think well what's Pep up to now it's you know is he sort of trying to get blood out of a stone he's a centre back isn't he John Stones he's in the centre um but he he settled in at right back and then the first get first few games uh, I think he's grown into this role the first few games I saw him in the sort of you know predominantly midfield role really as you said um I didn't think he was um that effective I'll be honest uh and I thought he looked a little bit a little bit out out of it but I think now he's really grown into that role and he was playing the first time balls um you know that the Gundogan goal was the you know the build-up to that really uh ampli- you know illustrated that really well and yeah I, he had a he had a brilliant brilliant game uh John Stones I I, I, t- I totally agree and I I suspect that he might be um, you know, for next season, you know, it'll be interesting to see where he gets all his games, but he might be sort of, I don't say displacing Walker, but that, that, that he might really settle into that, um, you know, role in the team. Tony, do you love him? How much do you love him? Is he, t- is he tall enough for you? Is he a bit too, too tall for you, maybe? Don't uh, know. Yeah, I'll get my stepladders out. He's a good lad, isn't he? I like him. I like him a lot. Um, I think, yeah, you don't love a bit him. of time to say, well, him. I'm just trying to be fair here. I thought for the first 15 minutes he looked a little nervous and there was a couple of misplaced headers in particular that led to the break for but Grealish's finest hour, as it were, when he scampered back, as we've just been talking about. But no, he grew into the role. And yes, his control on the ball was was just magnificent for a, for a centre-half. Uh, you know, I love Laporte as well, and he can't get a game. And you can see why, given the performances. When you're in love, uh, you don't see the faults, you see. That's the thing. Well, OK. Yeah. You've met my wife then, yeah? Um, but yeah, no, he did. He did great. But they were all brilliant on on Saturday. I have to say, there's not one player I wouldn't. I don't love at this precise moment. 
um, in a blue shirt, I'd hasten to add. Steve, Steve, did you love him? Yeah, I, I did. And, and I, I remember when Pep first joined, there was all this talk about if he could, he'd like to play 10 midfielders and a goalkeeper. And actually, I never, ever thought I'd see the day when he played 10, sorry, four centre-halves. Ake and Stones have both turned into something that is not quite a centre-half, but it's an inside midfielder that seems to link up play really well. Ake has started to attack more. Stones has started to attack more. And I think they're, they're developing into the players that Pep's want them, Pep wants them to. And I think I would say Stones, for me, has matured a lot over the last season. He used to be very much someone who you could rely on for the majority of the time, but he was prone to the odd ricket every once in a while. And I think some of that is starting to go out of his game because I think he's becoming more confident as a footballer and he's being encouraged to play the ball more and come into midfield and form a double pivot with Rodri. But if it's not Stones doing it, then Ake's doing it from the other side. And I think we're being much more successful with this system. And I, I did notice we had a question on Twitter earlier about uh, whether this is, well, is the way forward. And, uh, yeah, and you know, that, that'll be interesting to sort of discuss that and get, get the others' thoughts on it. But I, sure. I, I really liked what I saw at the weekend from all of the players on the pitch. And, and I'm hoping we don't get too many changes for the game against Southampton, to be honest with you. It'd be hard to displace any of those players, especially John Stones. So before we come on to that question and the game at Southampton, I just want to pick out one or two other players if I can. And I think Mares at least at least once a game, I have to say, his first touch is the best in the world. I think I can't think of anybody who's got a better touch. Um, and I, I'm told that when they play head tennis um, at the grounds, that uh, the two players who are best at head tennis because of their first touch are Mares and Bernardo Silva. Um, so you know, you just think of them and their first touch. It just shows all the time. But Mares, just what what a good game! Doesn't doesn't play every game, but when he's come in, Tony, he uh, he impressed again. I know you want to talk about. I know you love them all this week, um, <laughs> and they all had a great game. But uh, what what is it about Mares for you? What about what about the game he had? Yeah, he can frustrate sometimes, but I thought again on on Saturday he was he was magnificent. He was just a real threat. He was direct, and what's astonishing, you think about, it, we haven't even mentioned Harland or Foden weren't in the team yet. He would be the first names down Ooh. on on most. But exactly, let's get rid. Um, but Waste no, of he money. Was, he was he was great to watch. And let's remember, if we can, like, forgive me for a second, digressing. This a year ago was the greatest football team that had ever stepped on a football pitch in many people's opinions. They were on for the quadruple. And here we are 12 months later, absolutely destroying them. They were liver schooled. It was just an incredible performance. You see what I did there? Ooh, uh, I like that. <laughs> We've got our title this week, everybody. It's liver Can you write down liver schooled? Don't lose it. Have you got that producer? <laughs> Yeah he's, yeah, he's got it. Okay, yeah, Liverpool. All right, you got it. I was writing down falling in love again. I've got all sorts, but Liverpool. It is. It's, it's there. You got it. Well done. But man, the, the two fullbacks were just given a torrid time, weren't they? I mean, it's hard. It's hard to describe how Liverpool fell apart. But I'm not. We're not here to talk about Liverpool. But it's a credit to the way we were just so relentless and ground them down, and and. Everyone contributed, but yeah, the two wingers I thought were just just exactly what you want to watch and see every week. 
I do want to talk about two Liverpool issues actually before we talk about Southampton, which you you may have worked out already, but uh, and you may have your own. But uh, Spencer, anything about Mares? You want to add anything, Steve? Either of you want to add anything about Mares, or have we done have we have we done that one? Anything I've missed, particularly on those on that particular player? Not not not, not no. We had we had a great game. Everyone had a great game. Um, I, I was going to mention Ilkay Gundogan because he t- his consistency is really outstanding you know he's a for me he's a sort of mostly an eight every game and it's no coincidence I, you know he's Pep's first signing uh, but it's no coincidence that at the business end of the season he is invariably on that team sheet um, and the way he sort of knits things together very economical not a flair player but he he rarely misuses the ball and often he's really incisive and is, is the right choice of pass you know nine times out of ten uh, a player that I've really come to appreciate and admire, even though he doesn't, you know, necessarily get the plaudits. You didn't mention love, though. So you, you admire him, but you don't um, love him. Is that fair? I, I've, I've got a, a very affectionate. Uh, I feel very affectionate. Okay. All right. Good. That's, that'll do. That'll do me. Uh, listen, I want to just. Uh, I'm going to give you two extremes again. We've we've had the discussion earlier on where we had a slight point of uh, difference in terms of Pep's reaction to the goal. I'm going to give you another one. So. His name is James Milner. He is either an amazing professional who is 20, 29 years of professional footballer. He's 57 years of age. He comes on with his Zimmer. No, let me be serious. A, a true professional. Um, gave great service to City. Won a lot of silverware. City should welcome back their heroes respectfully. Is one extreme. The other extreme is Milner. He disrespected us when he left. I'm going to boo him every single time I see him and every time he kicks the ball. Two extremes. Steve Cox, where do you sit on James Milner? He is a consummate professional. He did an awful lot for City, but he disrespected us when he left and he made comments that needn't have been made that I can understand why people boo him. I don't tend to boo returning City players. That's not me. That's not the way I operate. I appreciate what James Milner did, but I can understand why other people boo him. Um, But you won't ever catch me sitting there booing James Milner. Okay, thank you. Spencer Debson, James Milner. I'll give you my view in a minute. No, likewise. I mean, people, um, some players, when they leave, say things they shouldn't. Yaya Torre is the other one that comes to mind. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't uh, detract from their contribution, and he was an incredible servant for City. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm like Steve; he, he was a good player for City. In fact, I, I wish we'd kept him probably you know one to two years more, to be honest. Tony, please agree with me. I booed him every time he got it. I hate players who do that. It was totally unnecessary. He didn't have to do that. Going to Liverpool to win silverware, having won a load of stuff with City. Total disrespect. And I booed him every time he got the ball. And I, I don't. It doesn't give me pleasure because I love to welcome back players. You know, you think of, you know, Pablo Zabaleta. I was on, stood on my seat, applauding him all the way to the bank. James Milner, agree with me, please. You booed him. Come on, Tony. Say it. Say yes. Don't love him. No, I agree with you, sadly. He didn't have to do what he did. Um, You know, we wanted him to stay, didn't we, if you recall? And he chose to leave because he wasn't getting enough game time. Well, you know, I respect him for that. Um, You know, I can understand if players are hounded out of a club because the fans or the team or the players don't think he's good enough. It wasn't the case of that. 
Um, you know, he was not the only player who's come to City and just hasn't managed to get as much game time as he would like. So, no, I, I look, you're absolutely right. We have so many past heroes who I would welcome back with open arms. He is not one of them. Good. <clears throat> the other thing I wanted to mention, and it, it did amuse me, you know, this amazing fan base that Liverpool Football Club has. Well, I think they were the quietest away fans I've heard probably all season. Uh, certainly one of the quietest. And then I took a photo of that stand with eight, 80 minutes gone and it's half empty. What's that all about? Not only have they fallen from grace as a football team, as Tony said, but as a fan base, it's a fallacy. It's a nonsense. What 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 disappointing fans they are. Spencer Debson. Agreed. Next point. <laughs> um, Steve, I, I was... right, that's it. No, I'm moving on. Steve, agreed? <laughs> Actually, Spencer, agreed? I have, say, I, have to, I have to say, I totally agree with you, Nigel. If you look back to when we won the FA Cup in 2011 at Wembley, I remember we beat Stoke 1-0. The Stoke fans, to a person, stayed in that stadium. They cheered their team up to collect their losers' medals and they stayed and applauded City when City went up to collect their medals. That is an example of a good set of fans. What about Watford? Yes. Six, was it 6-1 yes. or something? Yes. Six nil. I don't yes. think a person left the ground. 6-0. Didn't yes. lose the ground. Six goals, 6-0. Pathetic. Pathetic. Pathetic and fickle, that's what they are. Let's talk about Southampton, talking about pathetic and fickle. Bottom of the league, looking doomed for the championship. Typical banana skin, isn't it, Steve, this? City on the back of building some momentum, scoring goals at will. We go to the bottom club. What's going to happen, Steve? I'll tell you what's going to happen. Uh, somebody is going to commit a foul on the edge of the area and James Ward-Prowse is going to score a worldie again. Um, that's the likely combination of events. Um, and I'll sit there saying, I told you so, I told you so. Um, I, well, you got, I, you got the score wrong last week, Steve, to be fair. You said 3-1, you I did. Yeah, Sorry, I, I, I undercut us. Um, I actually think that we'll make a good game of it against Southampton, but we've got to be wary. They are probably going to be more up for it than Liverpool were at the weekend um, because they've got a lot more to risk and there's a lot more that could happen to them. You know, the last thing any club wants to do, we've just seen two clubs that have sacked their managers so that they can sort of potentially stop themselves from being relegated and um, Chelsea being one of those if the way they were headed. Um, but I, I, so I think any club in a relegation fight is a dangerous club to be playing, especially at their ground. I think we've got more than enough to beat them, but I'm hoping it's not going to be one of those games where you've got 11 men behind the ball and they're just saying, come on, break us down, break us down, break us down. They break away, we foul someone and they get a, a goal from a, a free kick. So I'm hoping it's not going to be one of those games. I'm hoping it's more going to be like the performance we had last weekend. Spencer, where are you on this? Well, if City play anything like they have done in the last half dozen games, um, they will they will overrun Southampton. Um, the golfing quality is there. And it seems that we are entering a phase where we're not showing the um, lapses and, and sort of weaknesses and inconsistencies that we did show um, earlier on. So if we put in anything like our potential, then I, I'm not concerned. And I do recall, um, they, they always used to tease, didn't they, that... Um, Whilst Theo Walcott still thinks he's a world-class player, then, then, then we're definitely going to be uh, have too much quality for Southampton to this world. Well, we missed Harland and Foden on Saturday. Uh, we could miss them next week, Tony, couldn't we, as well at Southampton, potentially. 
yeah, I think Foden definitely won't be there. Haaland, well, in Alvarez, we've got the perfect, perfect replacement, haven't we? So we shouldn't, I don't think we'll risk him at all with the uh, Champions League game hot on the heels if he's not fully fit. So I suspect Haaland might be on the bench. If we haven't put it to bed early, then he might come on. But um, yeah, it's all about the attitude. Hopefully we can put it to bed early and all just enjoy the evening. So two more things before we go. You mentioned the Champions League. I think Steve mentioned a, a, a tweet we got from uh, Ben Warrender, um, who said, is this the system? A back three, a box in midfield of four and three up front. Uh, is this the one to go all the way in the Champions League? Tony? I have no idea. I don't know what system we play anymore. You know, give me just an old-fashioned 4-4-2. I know where we stand. I don't know. It's it's entirely fluid with Pep, isn't it? And I had a heart attack when Walker wasn't playing on Saturday. And what do I know? So we'll have to see. I think there will be games when we need Walker's pace and that extra stability at the back. Um, listen, I'm I'm never doubting Pep again. In Pep, we trust. And whatever formation we play, if Edison's up front, it's fine by me. Spencer, is that fair? It is difficult, isn't it? We can have a second well, guess. Ed- him, Edison, we? Not, maybe he could take a penalty if Harlan's not on the pitch. Um, but I, I do have a, a, a mild concern about Harlan's fitness. Um, he's played more games this season, I think, than he's really played in, in his uh, pre-City days. Um, you know, his style is it's so forceful and physical that he is prone to injury. Um, and I just hope that we he doesn't um you know come back for three or four games and then right at the business end of the season sort of pick up pick up an injury but i'm just being a neurotic 50 year old city fan i suppose he's all you are 50 spencer he's 50. well at least supporting city for 50 years can we move on please (laughs) i think we need to and i think we need to very quickly uh the the final words then with you steve you you picked up on on ben's tweet um is this the system this back three this sort of box of four in the in the middle and three up front is this are we going to go all the way in the champions league with that format we could do but it's really hard to read because each of the potential clubs we could face going forward from here could play in a different way. And therefore, I think we would need to tailor our approach depending upon who who, who we're playing. Um, I certainly think that would probably work for Bayern Munich. Um, whether it would work for Real Madrid, were we to get past Bayern Munich and into the semi-final, assuming Real Madrid also get to the semi-final, this is another question altogether because they seem to be a bit more resilient and actually a little bit more in your face. And I don't know. I guess, I guess it's. I'm a bit like Tony. I, I think it's it, it's a fluid, it's a fluid thing with Pep, and he tends to adjust his approach ever so slightly for whichever team is is going to be um, in front of him and and who they might potentially have in their starting lineup. I mean, I certainly hope so. If we play football like we did at the weekend, then that would be really nice to behold. It would indeed. Listen, finally, uh, we'll leave Steve Cox to the end, I think. We need a prediction, and it can't be 3-1 uh, against Southampton because it's never 3-1. Uh, Spencer Debson, your prediction, Southampton City. It's the uh, late kick-off, the 5.30 kick-off on Saturday. What's your prediction, please? 2-0 City. 3-0 City. Tony Newgrosh. Yeah. Sorry, what was that? Two or three? Two zero. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Two zero. Okay. Yep. Tony? I'll take Spencer's two and I'll raise him one. Three nil. Three nil. Steve Cox. Well, it'd be rude of me not to go for four nil, wouldn't it, really? Seeing as I was Amazing. one short last week, I should have a bit more confidence. 
Amazing. Thank you very much to my three guests, to Steve Cox, to Spencer Debson and Tony Newgrosh. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.